You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Imagine you're looking for an artist to hire. You hear about someone, he does great work when he finishes his work, but he frequently kind of blows past deadlines, taking well over a decade to complete a painting. The majority of his work never made it past the planning stages, but again, the things that he did take to completion were absolutely brilliant. Would you hire that artist? I suspect today an artist with that background and reputation would not get a lot of commissions, and yet the artist I described is considered one of art history's greatest geniuses. I am of course talking about Leonardo da Vinci, the Renaissance ideal, although when you start to look at the man behind the myth, he really just seems like a really talented dude with ADHD. I feel like who art ed? Welcome to Who Arted, the podcast where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. For this week's Fun Fact Friday, I wanted to look a little bit at Leonardo da Vinci. He is a legendary figure in art history. He created one of the world's most iconic paintings, the Mona Lisa. He is considered to be the ideal Renaissance man. He is such a legendary figure. He has a ninja turtle named after him. But when we start to look past the myth and look at the man, a slightly different picture starts to come into view. Now, one of the first things I found really shocking was Leonardo da Vinci actually considered himself to be somewhat of a failure. He was very disappointed with the lack of commissions he received or, you know, the lack of really prominent commissions he received at various points in his career. And part of that is because he had earned a reputation of being someone who was really frustrating to work with. When he did complete a painting, it was brilliant. The Mona Lisa is held up as one of the greatest masterpieces ever painted. But even that small painting, it took him well over a decade to complete. Another of his paintings, The Virgin on the Rocks, it took him 25 years to complete. Would you want to hire someone to paint your portrait, wait around for over a decade to get it back from them? Now, The Last Supper was a, a famous fresco of his. It, it took almost the, by his standards, breakneck speed of just three years. But he only finished it in that record pace because the patron finally just threatened to cut off his funding. 
that's what it was like to work with Leonardo da Vinci. Like people knew you're going to get something brilliant at some point, hopefully. In a lot of ways, it feels like the way that that small children explore the world. He starts a painting and then he starts looking at the way that water is flowing in a river. And then that gets him to think about like, well, how does air current, how do air currents go? And then he starts to think, what if there were something like a helicopter? And, And he created all of these different journals with all of these different ideas showing those diverse interests that he had. And that's where that that idea of the Renaissance man comes from. The the Renaissance ideal was someone who had a really broad-based education. But like a lot of people with ADHD, Leonardo da Vinci actually did not do well in the formal education setting. He didn't have a lot of formal education. He studied a lot on his own. He would get started on a project and then get distracted by something and start looking at something else and then start researching and exploring and examining something else. And then he would look at something else. And a lot of this was not his notes on on things that he had learned in a school setting or, or anything like that. It was sort of his daydreams, his speculation, his imagination for what these inventions could be. But he never followed through to make those inventions. Just like with all of those notebooks packed with sketches and examinations of a diverse range of subjects, he never organized, edited, or published those notes. He didn't attempt to create the things he conceptualized in those sketches. At the time, he wasn't really this great inventor and scientific thought leader. He was just a guy tinkering. He was procrastinating. But his patrons and da Vinci himself seemed to be frustrated and exasperated by his lack of follow-through on a lot of different things. Now, that being said, that thirst for more knowledge, that constant insatiable curiosity, that's what led him to be brilliant. And so the thing I think about Leonardo da Vinci, and I want to caveat this by saying, I am not a diagnostician. I am not qualified to say whether someone did or did not have ADHD, and I don't think anybody could credibly say 500 years later, it seems a lot like he did have something like ADHD. There are some people who have, some people more qualified than I who point out like he was left-handed, he was very likely to be dyslexic and dominance for language on the right-hand side of his brain, which were common among people with ADHD. Um, You know, the distinctive sort of disruptive curiosity seemed to propel his creativity, but it also distracted him. All of that is sort of hallmarks of people with ADHD. And so the thing I've, I've come to realize and appreciate in doing a little bit more research about him is I think the man is much more interesting than the myth. He was someone who struggled. He was someone who had a true talent, but also a curiosity and a thirst for more. And he was on a quest and a journey to improve constantly. And he made the most of what he had, even something that could be a setback and a limitation to a lot of people, that distractibility. He channeled it to learn and to grow. 
and that's the thing I, I, th- I find more interesting and more inspiring than anything else that, I, that I've seen about him is that full picture of a flawed human being, but part of his strength comes from that flaw. You know, I talked recently about Picasso and Pablo Picasso created almost 150,000 works of art. I think it was like 147,000 works of art. Leonardo da Vinci lived to the age of 67. As far as we know, he completed 15 paintings and a handful of architectural drawings, but he had hundreds of pages of notes, notebooks, sketches, all sorts of things for inventions that he never built. He was just exploring all these different ideas. And when we found those notebooks long after he had passed away and he was appreciated and respected as a brilliant artist, people looked at those notebooks with that lens of, these are the notes of a brilliant artist. And they start to evaluate them and say like, wow, he was more than just a brilliant painter. He was an inventor and a scientist. Look at all of this rigorous study he was engaged in. But in his day, I think a lot of people just looked at him as like, look at him just daydreaming, sketching all this stuff and making plans for things that'll go nowhere. I'm glad that he got the generous edit from history. I think he deserved that. I think he was brilliant. But I think as we see people today who seem distracted, let's give them the generous edit too. Because those people who are distracted... They're curious. They're making connections. They're going down different avenues that will sometimes lead nowhere and sometimes lead somewhere brilliant and innovative and unexpected. So whether that's you or someone you know who's a little bit distractible, remember, some people considered the greatest thinkers in history were a little bit distractible because being distractible is also being open to new ideas and new discoveries. And that's how you become great. So keep exploring. Keep learning. And be great. And if you have time, like, subscribe, leave a review, and help spread the word about a thoroughly adequate podcast. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.